Lord, we thank you so much as we consider all that happened in this weekend in the life of Jesus. You poured out your life for us. You paid the price for our sin, and then you overcame death, hell, and the grave to share that victory with us. Here we are gathered in this room along with two billion other Christians throughout planet Earth that on this Easter Sunday are saying, He is risen. And we are grateful for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. You can be seated. Appreciate you being here today. Everybody good? Awesome. Yeah, appreciate you coming out to share Easter with us. Have you ever had the power go off at your house? Like in the past two days, right? Uh, it's a terrible experience. I remember one particular uh, snowstorm that hit around here several years ago. Our house is not really far from the church, but it's a little bit isolated. And we were without power for five solid days. I know, tiny violin. Uh, uh, but uh, it is crazy. I mean, when the power goes off for 15 minutes, it's terrible. But five days, no heat. Uh, the ground is covered with snow. It is cold as all get out. No way to charge our phones. Come on, somebody feel the pain with me, would you? It was dark, no Wi-Fi, no way for us at the time to make coffee, which that's the worst by far. And I since resolved that situation. There will always be a way to make coffee at my house. Amen. And, and the, the worst part of it was uh, our house is kind of the beginning of a, a grid or the end of a grid, if you will. And there's a house just right up the street from us that had their lights on. And you, I could just tell looking in there, they were having the time of their life. <laughs> it was warm. They were watching TV. They were drinking coffee. They were pointing our way and laughing. It was, it was not a fun experience. I wanted to go ask them if I could run an extension cord, but, you know, I think there's a lot of people that feel powerless uh, and helpless when it comes to areas of their life. Uh, they, they feel like somehow or another, they don't have what it takes to overcome everything that life throws at them. And they feel like the power is out for them in some areas. You may be doing well in some places, but in other places you're going, I just don't know if I have what it takes to, to pull all this together. And what we are celebrating today, the resurrection of Jesus, Easter, uh, is it demonstrates this, that God has the ability not only to raise Jesus from uh, the greatest hell and the greatest difficulty, but he also has the ability to give you and me a tremendous potential in our life. 
And what I want to focus on for a few moments is today is the idea that Easter is not just an event that happened to Jesus. Easter actually shows the possibilities that God has for your life and for my life. So I want to read a scripture to you. We kind of went through this uh, idea last year. We were studying some of the prayers of Paul. But this is one of Paul's great prayers in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us. Everybody say toward us. Toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Somebody say praise God. Paul's prayer is that the eyes of our heart would be open to know the surpassing greatness of the power that is actually directed toward us who believe. The same, the same power that God exerted to raise Jesus from the dead, and you have to know that every device of the enemy to try to keep Jesus down, he was utilizing in every way. And God, the same power that God overcame the enemy with to raise Jesus from the dead, I just want to remind you today that that power is directed toward you. And amen. And I believe that every one of us can have the capacity to live powerfully, uh, to, to, to realize that we have the power of the one who can do all things aimed at us. He's for us. So I want to talk today, the title of my message is Resurrection Powered Living. Uh, you are not intended to be a victim. I'm going to try this side of the room. You are not intended to be a victim in life. You, you are not intended to live powerless, but you are intended to live powerful. Maybe not because you're so powerful, because I think there's all moments, all of us have moments where we don't feel powerful. But you can live powerfully because of the one who is for you. Come on. Uh, and let me just dispel for a moment uh, this idea that somehow Christianity is just about bringing comfort to us. It does bring comfort to us. The promises of God bring comfort to us. I remember one time, Suzette and I were in Australia, and we'd been ministering at a church, and we went to a, a kind of an outdoor mall place in Australia, and uh, the, the young lady that was working at one of the stores, 
said, uh, so, so what you guys been doing today? He said, oh, we just went to church, and it was awesome. And you could tell that was like a foreign idea to her. That would be awesome. She goes, oh, well, that must have been peaceful. And I said, actually, it was exciting. Actually, it was great. Actually, we felt empowered. Christianity is a powerful way to live. Amen. And, uh, and what Paul is praying is that in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, he wants us to know three things. The hope of your calling. In other words, the, the outlook for your future and your purpose in life. And you do have a purpose. And you do have a future that God is working toward for your life. The riches of the glory of its inheritance in the saints. In other words, let me, let me trim that down just for us to understand that there are great people that God wants to put in your life. Amen. And the surpassing greatness of his power that's du- directed toward us. And I think if we would be honest today, we probably all have to admit I am living a little bit below resurrection power. I, I have allowed my head, I've allowed my heart, I've allowed my outlook in life to kind of, you know, make me feel like I'm a victim of the economy or a, a victim of somebody's meanness or a victim of whatever the job market is, no matter what it is. When I was in high school, my, fir- my early years of high school, there was a kid named Eugene Cordes. I hate that name. And, uh, and Eugene Cordes was a bully. And he used to love to bully me mercilessly. I mean, he just, anytime he got around me, he would shove on me, pick on me. I was not a fighter. I don't even know if I was a lover, but I wasn't a fighter. I was a pothead is what I was. And, uh, and one day we're on the bus, and he's starting to push me around on the bus, and I just finally had enough. Of, of this guy, and he said, hey, let's fight when we get off the bus. I said, okay. He was not expecting that. I was not expecting that. And I was, I was scared to death, to be honest. And so we got off the bus, and I have no fighting skills whatsoever, uh, but somehow or another in the wrestling of two ninth grade boys, uh, we got off the bus and wrestling, and so miraculously, I ended up sitting on top of him with his face right between my knees. And all my friends were going, smash him, smash him. And I had no desire to smash him. I just wanted him to leave me alone. And I just got up and I said, bro, listen, just leave me alone. That's all I'm asking. And what I discovered is that Eugene was just a bully. He was full of hot air, he was full of bravado, but when he got faced up to, he didn't really have much to offer. And I know some of us have walked into this room today uh, where life has tried to bully us. It might be sickness, it might be a financial issue, it might be something going on at work, 
It could be a bad break that came into your life and you, you feel bullied by it. Maybe there's been relationship breakdowns or for some of us stalled out dreams and the reality is I'm not going to tell you that you're not going to face adversity in life because that would, you're living on the wrong planet if you don't realize you are going to face adversity. Life happens. We all end up facing something. But what I'm here to remind you of is God has given you the power to face off with that bully and not be intimidated any longer. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is aimed right at you. Ephesians 1.18, the beginning of that prayer, he says, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know. And the things that he tells us about, your heart can see things your eyes cannot see, things your head cannot see. And don't think of your heart as just your emotions because how many of you know you don't want to live a life ruled by emotions, Right? how you feel, because one day you feel great, the next day you don't. One day you feel great, two hours later you don't, right? And it's not that emotions are bad, but it's not a good thing when they get in control. But your heart, when the Bible talks about the eyes of your heart, it's talking about the center of your being. It's talking about who you are on the inside. Proverbs 4, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, watch over your heart. Watch over what's going on on the inside of you with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Life isn't just happening to you. Life is flowing through you. Life is coming out of you. And, you know, uh, we all have our five senses. You know, we can see, we can taste, we can touch, we can feel. And we have our five senses, but the Bible says that your heart has eyes to see something. And you and I eventually are going to go toward whatever our eyes see. There's a phenomenon that's called target fixation. Anybody ever heard of this? Target fixation. It's, it's, it's a motorcyclist oddity or a bicycle, biking oddity, skiers uh, that are skiing like in the woods through a forest, uh, this it's between trees, and the concept behind target fixation is you will go toward what your eyes are looking at. So you're telling yourself, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to hit the wall. You fixate on the wall. If you're skiing and you're skiing between trees, which I can, I can barely snowplow <laughs> much less ski between trees. But if you get fixated on the tree, you're going to hit the tree. You're going to end up running into whatever your eyes are fixated on. You'll end up hitting it. Several years ago, I, I was making an attempt to see if I might like a motorcycle. So I had a, I found a really good deal, big Harley Electroglide, huge bike. I promise you that this is hilarious. When uh, 
when I walked into the Harley Davidson shop looking like this, it was a no fit. But I remember, uh, I remember at, the, at the time, our driveway was gravel, and, uh, and when some friends of mine heard that the, our driveway was gravel, they said, to, you know, you got to be careful if you ride your motorcycle on gravel because you can slip. And I've ridden on that driveway, I don't, you know, dozens of times already. But somehow in my mind was motorcycles slip on gravel. So here I am driving out my driveway three, four miles an hour, and I'm thinking motorcycles slip on gravel, motorcycles slip on gravel. You can guess what happened, right? I, I went... My motorcycle just slid out from under me. Thank God I wasn't going that fast. Fell on my leg, and I kind of jumped up, and I had these three thoughts immediately. My first thought was, oh, I hope I didn't break my leg because it really hurt. But I started walking. It was okay. And then immediately, I oh, hope I didn't hurt my bike. And looked at the bike. It was fine. And then the biggest thought and most important thought was, I hope nobody saw that. <laughs> you, you and I are going to go toward whatever our eye is seeing. You're going to go toward what you're focused on. And, and my question for us today is to think about what eyes are we using? What set of eyes are we focusing on life with? When resurrection powered living says this, I may be facing a sickness, but my eyes are on my healer. I, I'm not ignoring my sickness, but I'm not gonna identify with it. I'm not gonna call it mine. I'm gonna keep my eyes on my healer. And that takes the eyes of your heart. You know, you may be facing financial struggles, and as long as you're fixated on it, you're probably just going to keep repeating it. But if you could fix your eyes on your provider, God can do amazing things in your life. You, you may be facing situations in your world that would cause easily cause anxiety or worry or, uh, you know, or you get all uptight on the inside. But could I encourage you today to let the eyes of your heart be fixed on the Prince of Peace rather than on the things that are causing you worry? It's not that they're going, those things have gone away, but you are looking at a different thing. You are driving toward a different thing. The eyes of your heart are seeing things that the eyes that are in your head can't really see. So Ephesians 1.18, I want to go back to it again. He pray, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. He, God wants us to know what is the hope of our calling. You have a calling. You may not even realize that yet, but you have a purpose. You, you've been equipped with certain gifts, with certain ideas with certain combination of personality 
Yep, that personality is on purpose. And you have, you have a calling. What is the hope of your calling? And I, I, don't think, I don't think this can be said too much in the day that we live in. We are called to live in hope. We, we are not called to live in fear. We are not called to live in anxiety. We are not called to live worried. We are called to live full of hope. Hope. Hope is a positive expectation for the future. You don't exactly know what's coming, but you know something good is coming. God wants your life to be a hope-filled, positive life. A couple verses just to help us see how strong this is in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Now faith, hope, love abide these three. In other words, this is the big three. Faith, hope, love. But the greatest of these is love. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. I like that verse in the message, Jeremiah 29, 11, is God says, I know what I'm doing. Come on. Anybody glad for that? Because yeah. <laughs> it sure seems that a lot of people who are making decisions don't. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Proverbs 23:18 says, "Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off." Romans 15:13, "Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit." I would submit to you that. There are a lot of things going on in our world right now that want to attempt to steal our hope for the future. We're, we're, we're fearful, we're anxious, we're worried about this world that our kids are growing up in, our grandkids are growing up in. And I, I would say I'm gonna turn 67 years old, holy cow, uh, in May. And I, I want to say I, these last couple of years have been some of the most odd, conflicted years I've ever seen in my lifetime. We, we've endured a pandemic. We've endured heightened racial tensions. We've, in, we've seen political tension. That's at a, really at a whole new level. Mask or no mask, vaccines, do they work? Do we need them? We don't even know. If you want to get one, get one. Fake news coming at us. We don't know who's telling the truth anymore, right? Lockdowns have taken place. Zoom calls taken place. Inflation is going crazy. Wars are going on, multiple uncertainties. Anybody glad you came to church today? Yep. Yeah. 
I'm, I, what I'm saying is there's a lot of things going on that would love to steal your hope, that would try to take that away. How do you feel about the future? Maybe even more important, how do you feel about your future? And hope is a posture our soul takes toward the future, an expectation that the future is going to be greater than our present situation. Amen. An expectation that the future is going to be greater than our past situations. I think the opposite of hope would probably be the idea of despair. And there's so many people that are facing despair. But hope, a positive expectation for your future is oxygen to your soul. I love this verse in Hebrews 6. It says, this hope we have, it's like an anchor for our soul a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil. To live with hope alive inside of your heart is, is to live with your anchors down. Sometimes people will tell you, hey, now, don't get your hopes up. Can I tell you, that is no way to live. Because I think some people start to think, you know, I, I have these expectations and I want to see these things take place. And the truth is, this hadn't worked for me or that hadn't worked for me. And when we lose hope, we lose our reason for living. We lose the oxygen. We lose the anchor. We lose what could help us. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And I wouldn't call anybody out on this, but I just want to submit that I think after hoping for things to work out for us, whether it's in a relationship or work or buying a house or some area of our life, and enough things don't work out, our heart can start to sink. My heart can start to give up. And I'm here to encourage you to keep the spark of hope alive inside of you. And you know why we can do that? Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is directed right at you. Hope is all about our outlook on the future. And sometimes our outlook on the future is conditioned by experiences of the past. We just feel like it's going to keep happening again and again. So people have let us down, or we feel like we've failed too often for God to ever get involved in our life. Or maybe difficult things have happened Maybe your family environment has not been healthy at all. And it just becomes easier and easier and easier to lose hope. It becomes easy. The, the spark of hope is gone. Our expectation towards the future is 
The future is going to be great. Come on. And that, and that, is, that is happening, not looking with these eyes. Right? Not listening with these ears only, but looking with the eyes of my heart. Uh, a, a resurrection power life lives in hope. Maybe, maybe the last season for you has been tough. But I just want to say, I believe you're tougher. Uh, and, and more important than that, I believe that the one who's for you is tougher. I'm, I'm making my best appeal to your heart today to say, you do not want to live life alone without surrendering to the love of Jesus, without surrendering and putting your life into his hands. Why can't the next five years of your life be the best five years of your life, right? Why can't we just say the future is ours because the future is his? Come on. I don't know who holds the future. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And as I started this whole idea, sometimes we don't feel powerful, but we know someone who is. The devil thought, I've defeated Jesus but the power of God raised him up. And can I just say, between Jesus in the lowest hell and Jesus raised up to the right hand of the Father, that's a big gap where the power of God has made a difference. And whatever, whatever you're facing, it could fit in that gap somehow, right? The greatest victory ever won, that power is aimed at you. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Father, I pray for every person in this room. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for overcoming sin and death and hell and the grave. But even more today, thank you for aiming that power directing, that very same power that raised Jesus from the dead, you've directed it toward us. Lord, I'm praying for everybody in this room, people who have may have been on the edge of losing hope for the future. Would, Holy Spirit, would you spark life in our hearts? Father, people have felt like they've been bullied by life. Father, let a new courage rise up. Come on. The mighty one is with us. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, I just got a couple minutes left in this meeting. If you're here today and you've never surrendered to Jesus before, I'd love to pray with you. Just start this journey. It's, it's not a call to get your act together. It's a call to come to Jesus. You don't get your act together and come to Jesus. You come to Jesus and he helps you get your act together. Maybe you're here today and you can look back on a day where you used to be close to God, closer than you are today. Things have slipped maybe for you. 
something's hurt you or you just through negligence have let it slide, but you know it's time for you to come back home. I'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor, I just want to feel confident about where I stand with God. Nobody's looking around. We're almost done with this meeting. But if you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to surrender to Jesus. Or I want to come back to Jesus. I want to know for sure I'm right with Jesus. We just lift your hand real high all over this room. God bless you right here. Come on, anybody else? God bless you. Just a moment to be honest with yourself, honest with God, just to say yes. God bless you. All over the room. Anybody else just want to be included in this? Not, not just signaling to me, but signaling to God. God, I want you in my life. Let's all pray this prayer together. This is for everybody who lifted their hands, but I would love for us all to say these words out loud. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, to your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I have messed up, but I come to the cross where you paid the price for my total forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.